Hello folks, I'm Scott Turnsill Outdoors and I'm going to be your host on a Fish Story Podcast. This is episode one and uh, right out of the gate we just want to say that our disclaimer is in the name, (laughs) Fish Story. As everybody knows a fish story could be true, might not be true. And uh, it's not just going to be stories about fishing, but hunting outdoors, definitely shenanigans. And uh, as everybody knows, typically, you know, the size of a fish is inversely proportionate to the amount of time that's passed since said fish was caught or deer was shot. Meaning that as time goes by, the odds of that fish getting much larger are greater. (laughs) Especially if uh, the fish or the deer or the elk got away, then it was definitely bigger and likely the biggest one you ever saw. But uh, all these stories are going to be based on true stories. Uh, if all goes well, I'm going to bring in a couple people and have them tell their stories as well so we can keep the content going because uh, eventually I'll run out of them. Otherwise, you're really going to hear some fish stories. But uh, the whole reasoning for this podcast, uh, I was inspired by my great-grandfather, Glenn Hall. Now, that old man, he could tell a story. He just had this charisma, this energy about him. And uh, he could really captivate a crowd. And uh, a lot of times he'd tell the same story over and over. But uh, you just sat there and listened just because it was so entertaining. You know, he he lived in a tough time. He lived back in the Depression years. And uh, he'd tell us about how he jumped on trains, hoboed around the country. At one time, he uh, stole an apple pie out of this old lady's windowsill while it was cooling down. You know, something right out of the movie, a Brother Art Thou, or something old Huck Finn would do. But uh, it was just, it was so fun to hear. In fact, I, I wish I'd go back in time and sit there with a recorder. You know, it, if I could do that, you'd be listening to his stories, not mine. So uh, I just hope I can do justice. But uh, so in episode one, our very first story is going to be one of my first hunting experiences, you know, without my parents. And it is titled Dagger Falls. Now, Dagger Falls lies in the river of no return on the salmon river back in the frank church and uh there's an early hunt and i believe it still goes on now but it opens september 15th day after my birthday and uh you could go back there and you could buy an over-the-counter deer tag elk tag and a bear tag well as everybody knows that anybody that's ever elk hunted the september is when they're bugling when they're rotting when you have the easiest chance to locate them. So in our mind's eye, you know, 18, 19 years old, me and my best friend Dustin, we we uh, we just saw we were just going to load the back of my pickup just full of critters. Well, we had both hunted there prior. Uh, Dustin, when he was 12 years old, and hunted there with his old man on his first elk hunt. And uh, they grunted in this bull like 30 yards, close quarters, come busting out of the trees, and Dustin shoots him, knocks him down. Well, they go walking up on him and the bull jumps up and his dad had to grab his 30, 30 and, uh, put another one in and put him down. So that was a pretty, uh, pretty wild, wild trip right there, but definitely one of his fondest memories. But one of my first memories was with my old man in Dagger Falls and we had a cross river gone up into this bowl and it was a uh, real foggy that morning and the sun was just coming up. And uh, we were walking through these little ridges through some some sagebrush, you know, because there's broken timber and just, you know, perfect mule deer country. 
and uh, we spot this two-point buck down in this bowl, and he wants me to shoot it. Well, the entire ride up there, all he could talk about was how his 270 kicked like a mule, how you had to wear three coats, a life preserver, and the thing would still take your arm off. Well, I was 11 years old, 100 pounds dripping wet, and I was scared to death of that thing. Um, so you can just imagine my thoughts on shooting that rifle. But uh, we'll save the ending for that for another fish story. So we had both had pretty successful hunts up there. So we were 18, 19 years old. I had a pickup truck. And uh, we ripped around that thing. And, you know, we, we'd started going on doing some adventures on our own without our parents. And uh, we really got after it. So this was our grand scheme to go up to Dagger Falls. Well, you know, when you're hunting with your parents, you don't really have to worry about directions, how to get there, how to get out. So uh, we kind of had to figure out some of that on our own. And back then, you know, we didn't have Onyx hunt maps. We didn't have any digital maps, Google Earth. To do our scouting, we had a topo map, and that was it. Well, going into this one, we were planning the trip. When you drive in on the old dirt road, there was two... Uh, campgrounds that aligned with each other and then the bridge that crossed and then the valley that we wanted to get to where Dustin had got on those elk was downstream from there so we kind of had an idea of which direction to go and uh, we were looking on the map and there's two trails now there's one that went down the same side we parked on and it kind of took a big detour out and around and seemed pretty long well there was another one you could see going down the opposite side of the river where you had to cross the river and you went down about three or four miles down the trail crossed the river so they're like well we'll take that one so when the day came it was friday we got off a little bit early and we were all we had all of our stuff packed up and we jumped my old nissan pickup and uh we beat feet down the road and uh we wound up getting to the campground where you park and it's just before the wooden bridge that this thing was just so old and cool. Like it, it looked like Lewis and Clark had probably made it themselves and crossed it to, you know, get to the ocean. But, uh, we got to the, the parking lot, put our packs on and you got to get an idea of what kind of packs we had back in the day. We had these old metal packs that were heavy and we didn't have mountain house back then to eat. You know, we went as cheap as we possibly could. So, we were packing in like 16 ounce cans of chunky soup, you know, full Gatorades, full waters, Kipper snacks. And our packs probably weighed 70 pounds. They were pretty heavy. So we lug our packs on, grab our rifles and head across the bridge. Well, as we head across the bridge, Dustin starts to turn right up river. And, uh, I was like, where are you going, man? He's like, well, the valley's this way. And you could kind of tell that the mountains were getting steeper that way. I'm like, no, man, it's the other way. So we uh, we pulled the map out and reassured that it was it was downstream. So we're like, all right. So we start heading downstream. Well, we're just going along the river and checking out the river. And I, I, was, I was wishing I had a fishing pole. But it's a good thing I didn't because I probably would have stopped. And it had taken even longer to hike in. But it was just a gorgeous September night. You know, blue, clear skies, and uh, it was getting dark on us, and it, it was just gorgeous out there. You know, September's got to be my favorite month. 
not just because it's hunting, but I just, I just love the weather and uh cool, you know, it started cooling down pretty good and started getting dark on us. Well, it was probably about the second time we had stopped because you can imagine, even though we were, we were strapping young bucks back then in pretty good shape, you know, those were heavy, heavy packs. And, uh, I do recall we, we stopped and, uh, we're sitting on these rocks, just staring up at the Milky Way. And, you know, you could just see every star look like you can reach out and grab some of them. And, uh, some of our conversation, we always had some of the craziest conversations. You know, I do recall a little bit of it and, and it had to do with, uh, if space aliens were real, and if they were real, were they hot ladies, and were they going to come down and get us? <laughs> well, it was all young men, you know, wonder about when you get out in the woods like that, I suppose. And then the other theory was that all the elk were on spaceships, and they came down and ran around and made it look like there was a whole bunch of elk around, and then they'd jump on the ships and take off before light came up and you could hone them. I think uh, of the two theories, the, the latter might be more true. I still kind of believe in that one, I think. <laughs> so we, we stared up stars long enough, and uh, there's no moon out that night, so it was pretty dark without our headlamps on. Well, we put our packs back on, and we start down the trail. We only go about another 100 yards, and this trail ends into the river. And it was a pretty good trail. Like You could see boot tracks, horse tracks, and that was really the thing that kind of tipped us off. Should have tipped us off early, but it didn't. We were just cruising right along. Well, this place where the trail crossed wasn't a bridge. It wasn't where people crossed on foot. It's where horses crossed through the water. And we were just like, holy cow, what do we do now? Well, we're not going back. And we decided that the river had to be pretty shallow there if that's where the horses were crossing. So why couldn't we cross there? Well, we only had one pair of boots, likely one pair of socks, and one pair of pants for the weekend because we had just planned on hunting the weekend. So we shuck them off. We pull our boots off, socks off, pants off, and put them up on our already heavy packs. So we're just going to set the scene right here. We got 70 pounds, plus all our clothes, plus our guns. I don't even think we had a walking stick. And all we're wearing from the waist down is our tidy whities And I mean tidy whities I guarantee we were both rocking Fruit of the Looms back then. And we start walking across this river. And we find out real soon that the bottom is not sand. It's not gravel. It's river rock. And river rock covered with moss. So every time you take a step, your foot slides and slams into the crease in between the two rocks, every single step across the river. And it was probably 75 yards across that thing. It seemed like a mile. And about halfway into this, as we we're just yelling out like, and it was not PG 13 either. <laughs> Holy moly. It hurt. We got about halfway into it and we just both are like, this has got to be one of the worst decisions we have ever made. And if we fall down, we're probably going to get hypothermia. Because even though it's just middle of September up at 7,000 feet, that was cold water. I'm here to tell you right now. And all of our gears on our backs, like every ounce of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it was baby steps across there. We did not want to fall down. 
So we're just yelping and he, oh my gosh, all the way across in the pitch black. Well, we finally make the other side and our legs are just numb. Well, we sit down on this big old dead log and both of us are just sitting there. Neither one of us had put a lick of stitch of clothes back on our, our bottom ends. And uh, we turn our headlamps off and are just kind of sitting there numb for a second. And about that time, Dustin just yells out in bloody murder. And I'm thinking a bear is attacking him. And I turn my headlamp off and I look over and he's like whacking his legs. Apparently, while he was sitting there on that log, a mouse was running up the log and jumped across his legs and dove off into the bushes and freaked him out. Well, as soon as I figured out what happened, I just started laughing hysterically. I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, cherry on top right there. Well, we finally dried off a bit and we put our clothes back on and we hiked in about another 200 yards maybe and set up camp and made a fire and got dry and got our sleeping bags and hunted the next day and come to find out there, there wasn't any deer or elk in this place. It was like kind of a marshy area and uh, we actually jumped a moose in there, tons of moose sign, no elk sign. Come to find out, I came back the next weekend and all the deer and elk and everything was on the other side where we crossed from. <laughs> so I definitely had to laugh about that. I actually got into a, I had a bull bugle at me a couple times uh, that next weekend. And I had a big black bear and these jack pines. I just couldn't quite get a shot at them. And uh, we, we didn't harvest anything, but it is definitely one of the most memorable hunting trips that I've ever been on. And I will never forget till the day I die. <laughs> and I'm sure Dustin won't either. Really hope you folks enjoyed the podcast. If you did, I greatly appreciate you subscribe. Leave a comment. Uh, I'd love some feedback on whether I did good or did I did bad. But uh, we're going to make a few more of these and uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, really appreciate you folks tuning into a fish story podcast. <laughs>